Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dimming the Gaslight. My name's Mac and uh, I'm so glad you guys are back for another episode. Um, Before we get started, um, I wanted to thank you guys. I posted on Instagram earlier this week that we just passed over 2,000 listens to this podcast. Um, So eternally grateful to all you guys. It's it's amazing. This thing keeps growing. Um, It's really, really super cool. Um, If you like the podcast, as I've always mentioned, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, you know, a couple of reviews are coming in. I like to see it, uh, give it five stars if you like it. Um, and thank you so much for the people who are sharing it around. You know, a couple of people are, are DMing me on Instagram and stuff and they're saying, oh, my friend sent me this and, um, you know, or they're just getting into it now and, you know, we're on episode 10, but people are getting into episode one and it's cool, man. I love this. I really think this is cool. So thank you for what you guys are doing. Um, I really do appreciate it. Um, I'm still getting a ton of emails about people who want to be on the show. If you want to be on the show, email me at dimmingthegaslight at gmail.com. Um, I'm still accepting guests. I'm getting a little backed up, but I am still accepting guests. So if you want to be on the show, let me know. Um, and yeah, guys, thank you for 2000 listens. This is so cool. This is so cool. And it's going to keep going. Um, also, I wanted to thank my last two guests, which were Chad and Irina. I think you guys both did an amazing job. Um, for those of you who were listening to Chad's episode, um, he provided me with a quick little update. Um, if you listen to Chad's up- update, he s- I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. If you listen to Chad's episode, Chad said that he, the where it stood with his ex is that he just had to get his stuff out of the house um, and he could be, you know, a free man. So, um, I emailed him and I said, Hey buddy, I'm just checking in. I hope you're doing okay. Were you able to get your stuff? How are you feeling emotionally? And let me know what's going on. I'd love to hear from you. And then Chad messaged me back and he said, I got my stuff with almost no problem. She followed me around making sure I didn't get her stuff, but my stuff is all in storage. I should be able to move into an apartment in a couple weeks and I got it with help from my job. I guess he got the apartment with help from his job. Um, It's a place above the warehouse where I work. It's not much, but it's something and it's mine. So 
I got a lot of work ahead of me, but I got this. So for all you guys who are a fan of Chad's, um, he's doing good and I'm proud of him. It looks like he got his stuff and he's not going back. So good luck to Chad. Chad, stay in touch if you're listening to this. And also thank you to Irina from Macedonia. Um, her episode was super, super cool about how she's trying to bring domestic awareness to the women of Macedonia. And uh, everybody's saying she has such a cute voice. So Irina, if you're listening to this, don't let it go to your head. But everybody says you sound so cute on a podcast. So excellent job from both of you. From Irina and Chad, thank you guys so, uh, you know, so much for being on the show. Um, so this is episode 10, guys. Um, just me this week. Just me this week. Um, and, you know, it's funny. I almost wasn't going to do an episode this week. Um, I have honestly not been in the greatest place mentally. Um, and my brain is telling me that you guys come to this podcast to be uplifted. Um, I feel like you guys come here to be empowered. And just because I'm some guy behind a microphone, um, doesn't mean I'm not human, you know? And, um, my anxiety has not been very good lately. I'll just be honest with you. But, um, luckily I have a good support system around me. Um, my friends are all telling me that I'm really lucky to have this podcast, um, and people can relate to how I feel. So I almost didn't want to do an episode. I was thinking I was going to take like a mental health break, but my friends are like, guys, you know, or they were telling me, Mac, you know, people can relate to you. And the fact that you're going through some stuff is okay. And what better place than to come here and share it with other victims of narcissistic abuse. So, um, here I am. And, uh, I think this is almost going to be like a therapy session and you guys could be my therapist. So I appreciate you guys listening. Um, I want to recap a little bit about my situation. Um, I know a lot of you guys have listened to my past episodes, you know, my personal episodes, not with guests, but you've listened to my old episodes. And, um, I want to recap my situation a little bit. Um, since the end of October of 2021, my ex filed false domestic abuse allegations on me and had me removed from my home. Um, I spent 42 days without any contact with my three and my five-year-old, uh, which was the hardest time of my entire life. Um, I am now, uh, had that restraining order settled and, um, I am currently living with my father and my stepmother in their basement. Um, I am sleeping on a pullout couch um, and I am still paying all of the bills in a house that I don't live in. So, um, I still have to pay the full mortgage, full electric, full heat, full water, full sewer, full internet, full, I pay her cell phone for Christ's sakes. And, um, I am hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging money on top of paying my own lawyer bills. Um, so I am absolutely flat broke. I am absolutely flat broke. Um, people are asking me, you know, about the podcast and do I draw some money from the podcast? I'll be honest with you. Yes, but not enough to make a difference. Um, not when I have, you know, uh, about $4,000 worth of bills and about $5,000 worth of lawyer fees a month. I'm paying somewhere between nine to $10,000 a month. Um, and I don't have it. I don't have it. And, um, this is, you know, not only that, but also part of my settlement for the restraining order was that I'm supposed to get my children. I have a five and a three-year-old and I'm supposed to get them, um, for between four to six 30 twice a week on the weekdays, um, for dinner. 
and I'm supposed to get them for six hours on the weekend, supervised, okay? But unfortunately, my supervisor works during the week. Um, he's my best friend, but he's he works during the week, so I'm not able to see my kids during the week. So I'm only getting to see my kids for six hours on the weekend where they used to live, you know, I used to live with them and I played with them. And, and you know, some of you guys have, have reached out to me and, you know, I've, I've kind of broken my anonymity to you and I've, I've showed you pictures of my kids and stuff. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I am a great dad. I am a great dad and my children love me very, very, very much. And I went from seeing them every day, playing with them every day, cooking for them every day, reading to them every day. Even they slept in the same bed in between me and my ex with me every day. And now I see them six hours a week and it's really hard. It's really hard. Um, so yeah, I, I, I constantly have this feeling. Well, I'm working on it. I have this feeling inside of me that I compare to my internal coffee pot. Like this anxiety is always bubbling and brewing and, um, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people about it. Um, you know, and actually I, I should mention this. Um, I talk to a lot of people on Instagram. I get a lot of, of direct messages and, um, people ask me if I am medicated for my uh, anxiety. And I'll be honest with you, I am. I am on a low dosage of Zoloft. And Zoloft does help to take the edge off. Um, and, you know, a couple people are asking me, you know, what are my feelings about it? You know, and some of you heard past episodes about how my ex tried to medicate me for being bipolar. I am not bipolar, but I do have anxiety because I have, you know, a lot going on in my life between being broke and missing my children and trying to just create a brand new life, you know, and, um, so yeah, I am on Zoloft. Um, if you are thinking about taking antidepressants, if you have like some staunch aversion to doing it, um, I did too. Um, but I will tell you that it does help. Um, but I still do have this, this internal feeling. I call it my internal coffee pot and it's bubbling and it's brewing and, um, it's tough because I, I constantly am, um, worried about the future. I'm worried about the future. Um, I've shared on other podcasts. I do have all the faith in the world that my life is going to turn out okay. Um, it's certainly going to be better than being stuck with a narcissist. Um, but this situation that I'm going through, it's, it's, I don't want to say unbearable because I'm bearing it. Um, but it is my cross, it's my cross to bear. Um, so like I said, I am flat broke. Okay. And I'm living with my father. My father is retired on a fixed income. Um, and you know, I am very grateful that him and my stepmother took me in. Um, that being said, their support comes with a place to stay. Um, however, uh, they don't have enough money to feed me. Um, they, well, their support comes with a place to stay. That's really all I can say. Um, and so I have been going to a food bank to get my food. Um, I don't have any money to afford food. Um, so I go to the food bank and keep in mind, I have a really good high paying job. And I have about $50 left to my name at the time of this recording. 
and I go wait in line at the food bank and uh, sometimes they have cereal, like dry bran, you know, like raisin bran without the raisins. Um, sometimes I, I got like an expired thing of Christmas Captain Crunch and, you know, we're in, we're in March now. Um, you know, one time actually I went and they had a uh, steak tips. I got steak tips, which was nice. Um, they gave, they always give you bread, um, like a loaf of bread and peanut butter and stuff. Listen, I, at this point I'll eat whatever I can get. Um, I can't really rely on, you know, my father who wasn't expecting to take me in, um, to feed me. And I'm, listen, I'm a grown ass man, so I need to handle my business. Um, it's hard. Um, and I'll tell you what, like, I am really lucky that I have good people around me. Um, I do have really good friends who have been there for me. Um, well, so I'm, I'm in therapy. Okay. And, uh, so I was talking with my therapist and I was explaining to them about my situation and, uh, my therapist goes, you know, what's going on with your food? And I was like, you know, I'm starving. I'm like, I'm living off of like peanut butter sandwiches and, um, yeah, that's it. And, and she goes, well, um, she goes, I made you a little care package and my therapist, I do my therapy on zoom, but my therapist lives like only about two miles from me. And she goes, I made you a little care package. And she gave me her address and I went over to my therapist's house and she had um, like Beyond Burgers uh, that she had gotten me. She made me soup, which was really nice. She made me um, chocolate chip muffins. And um, she had like this frozen Indian uh, squash called dal. Maybe some of you guys are familiar with it. Um, but it was really good. I, I mixed up some dal with the Beyond Burgers. And it was almost like a, you know, it was like an Indian dish. It was really, really good. Um, so that was really sweet of her. You know, she, my therapist made me food, which was so sweet. Um, then I have another friend who, my friend Mo, who if you're listening to this, um, Mo is a traveling salesman. And he lives in Texas, but he's traveling to Jersey and I've known him for a long time. And Mo said, listen, I'm coming in for business. And he said, I'm staying at a hotel. And he's like, I got you a hotel room with me for the week. So um, my friend used all his uh, air miles to put me up with him and, uh, you know, give me a break from my dad's house um, and let me just unwind. And I actually, I'm really looking forward to staying in a hotel, <laughs> honestly. Um, you know, for all intents and purposes, I'm homeless. Like I, I don't, I don't call my dad's home home and I don't want to refer to the house that I'm paying for as home. Um, but for all intents and purposes, I'm homeless and it's not going to be like this forever. Um, but I am really grateful this, this friend's coming into town and, you know, he's got me my own hotel room and got himself a hotel room, um, which was so sweet. And, and Mo, if you're listening to this, I'm excited to hang out with you, bro. Um, another one of my friends, you know, he, I got a lot of friends, man. I got good friends. Another one of my friends, I told him about the food bank and he goes, man, he's like, you know, you got a good job. You got a high paying job and I can't even afford to pay these bills and my lawyer fees. And he goes, um, he goes, what's your email? And I was like, why? He's like, I'm going to send you $100 to Target to go get food. I said, no. I said, I can get my food at the food bank. I was like, I'm not doing that. Um, I was like, maybe I'll cash in on that when I need it. And then I got off the phone with him and five minutes later, I got an email from Target. He sent me $100 to go get food. Um, I'm protecting people's anonymity, but I know you're listening to this too, buddy. And thank you for that. 
um, another one of my friends had a Super Bowl party and, uh, you know, people are feeding me. That's my point. People are, are reaching out to me. My friend had a Super Bowl party and he made all these dips and apps and it was awesome. Um, I have a lot of people just to talk to, you know, um, Giselle, if you're listening to this, you know, Giselle has become a good friend of mine, you know, from being on the podcast and us, you know, doing an interview together and um, Giselle lives nearby and I can, you know, bounce some ideas off of her about, you know, my narcissist and what she thinks. And, um, you know, Phil from the Surviving the Covert Narcissist podcast, I talk to him daily. Um, it's just, man, and, and, and all you guys out there, you guys are so great. I really have made such good friends with some of you guys that I have never met and I hope I get to interview you all and I hope we get to share these stories but the support that I've gotten the outpouring of support through this podcast is nothing short of a miracle and I really am grateful um yeah so I have great support right um but these times get heavy and um you know I was talking with Phil about it and and he brought up a good point um, because I was lamenting about some of the good times with my narcissist. I was thinking about taking our children down to the ocean and walking on the boardwalk. Or I was thinking about um, taking the kids to carnivals or, you know, romantic dates that we used to be on. And Phil brought up such a good point. And the point that he made was is that those good times feel like a Hollywood movie because there was so much trauma that we endured that those good times feel like the best times of your life. And you reflect on those. And when you really go deep into it, you're like, no, because she did something to ruin that time. <laughs> You know, I could go back and go, no, she screwed that one up or like, oh, there was a fight about something or I didn't do something right or I didn't make it as memorable as I could have made it. Um, and it just, you know, I made the I made the comparison lately too. like, I don't know if, it, you know, it was good a long time ago, but some of you saw the, the show The Walking Dead, right? I feel like I'm walking around this earth with a bunch of zombies that are narcissists. <laughs> And I walk around and I feel like everyone's a narcissist. And I feel like the person that I loved, truly loved, got bitten by the narcissist zombie. And I'm sitting here going, oh, I wish she didn't get bit. You know what I mean? And she's a zombie and she's a narcissist. And... I sometimes I find myself going, I wish she wasn't, you know, I wish she could have been the person that I want her to be, you know, I wish, but she is. And that's the truth of the matter. It's that she is. Um, and this is my life. You know, the other day, well, so I, when I was still in the house and, you know, we were still sleeping in the same bed, I used to, because there was so much neglect, um, from her in terms of, intimacy, not just sexual, but just any emotional intimacy, any, um, connection. There was no emotional connection between us. And when we used to sleep in the same bed, I would have nightmares that she would be cheating on me. And, um, I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would look over and she would still be stand, you know, laying there. 
And um, I would have like this sort of relief, even though I was skeptical of her, because I was like, you know, how can you not have an emotional attachment to your husband? You must be getting it someplace else. Um, and I would think that in the middle of the night, but I would be able to fall back asleep, at least knowing that she was there. Um, and for the first time, a couple nights ago, I had that reoccurring nightmare and I woke up and she wasn't there. And, um, it was like two o'clock in the morning and I was just thinking, this is really my life. And she is really going around, you know, dating other guys and, and, uh, listen, <sighs> sometimes it bothers me more than others. Sometimes the thought of her with somebody else bothers me more than others. Um, you know, I hear from a lot of people like, you know, once you guys break up, that they go around giving the next person what you thought you deserved. Um, but I am a very pragmatic person and I know that it's all for supply. I can over-rationalize the whole thing. Um, and I've said like, you know, she's repeating date ideas with new guys. Um, you know, I mentioned in another podcast, I took her out to a scenic overlook to watch the sunrise. And I saw that she's doing that again with another guy. And, um, I saw, she convinced me early, um, in our relationship that she was into art and this person, trust me, she is not into art. She's the most uncultured person you've ever met in your life. But when we first got together, she tried to convince me that she was into art. So I took her to the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. It's called the MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art in New York City, to the art museum because I thought that's what she liked. And um, so my son came over with his iPad. And I got to stop doing this. But I search the browser history because I know she uses his iPad. And I saw that she was looking at um, New York City art museums. And I wish you could see me right now because I'm just rolling my eyes. She's repeating the same relationship with somebody else, maybe a number of other people. And it's funny because like, um, like I said, I can see it. I can see it through the narcissistic goggles of knowing that she needs her supply. Um, fuck, I wanted to date my wife. I did want to date my wife. And um, I read something recently, though. You know, imagine how much you loved the wrong person. Imagine how much you can love the right one. And uh, I really look forward to that. I really look forward, because I know I have a lot of love to give, and I know I can give it to the right person. And I think I just gave it to the wrong person. Um, but yeah, I had that nightmare about, like you know, her having multiple boyfriends or whatever and waking up and being like, you know, it's real. And, um, you know, like, and then later that morning I was sitting there and I was doing my work. Right. And, uh, I was just sitting there and it was, it, it started off almost like a whisper in my head and my brain started going, I don't want to do this anymore. I just don't want to do this anymore. And, you know, and you're doing your work and, it, it, you know, when you're recovering from this kind of trauma and, and abuse and um, I was trying not to listen to it, but my brain just kept going, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And it gradually just kind of got louder in my brain until it just, I started bawling and I just fell to the floor and I put my forehead on the floor and I just started crying going, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's really just like, you know. My whole life is different. 
in just four months. It's completely different. Um, and again, I have like, you can hook me up to a lie detector test, right? And I know I'm going to turn out okay. I know it. As I'm saying this right now, I have my eyes closed and I'm saying, I know I'm going to turn out okay. I'm just in a lot of pain. I'm in a lot of emotional, psychological pain um, from missing my children, from losing my money, from losing my home. I even lost my dog. I don't even, I haven't talked about this. My dog was super duper yappy. It was really her dog. It was really, really her dog. It's this little tiny dog, super yappy. But like, even my dog, like I have nothing that's the same. My whole life is different. And um, I'm trying to adjust to living this new life without any familiarity with anything, without any stability, without any end in sight. And I just have to keep the faith, even on these really dark days, um, I have to keep the faith. I have to, um, not give up. I mean, like, listen, the end goal, the end goal is getting back to my kids. The end goal is making their lives as peaceful and low drama as it can be when they're with me away from the narcissist. Cause I'm going to have to unfuck their brains every time they're with me. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm trying to stay focused on the big picture. And, and a good friend of me gave me some advice recently. He said, um, stay out of the big picture. My friend said, stay out of the big picture and stay in your pixel. You know, all pictures are made of little tiny dots, little colorful dots called pixels. And he said, stay out of the big picture. He goes, when you get to the big picture, you know, you go off the deep end, you go down these rabbit holes of worries and, you know, where's my life going and all this stuff. He goes, just stay in your picture, pixel, stay in one day at a time, stay in the here and now, work with what you got, you know, and if that means that you just got to make it to the end of the day, so be it, you know, um, I try and stay out of my head, um, you know, sometimes I just get caught up too. when it going back to my, my next, sometimes I get caught up too with how like she has no mercy. Um, I'm the father of her children and I need some relief from this very hard life that I'm living. I mean, she also doesn't know that I'm going to food banks and she doesn't, I mean, she's got to assume that I'm flat broke. That's got to be part of her plan. Um, you know, I just, I get caught up with how she has no mercy and I get caught up with, you know, how she's with someone else or a bunch of other people or, um, you know, I thought she loved me, but she didn't. And, you know, sometimes I find that easier to accept than other times. And, um, families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up like delicious lolly focus pops or lolly mellow pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <sighs> yeah, I'm just worried about the future. I'm just worried about the future. Where am I going to live, right? I think all the time, like, I have to, wherever my kids are, if they're going to have overnight stays and stuff, I have to, um, I want to live somewhere between say 20 to 30 minutes from wherever my kids are going to live. Um, because if they stay over for school or something, I want to be able to drop them off in the morning. I want to be able to have more overnight stays. That'll also help reduce my child support, child support. How much am I going to have to pay in child support? Um, I don't think I'm going to have to pay any alimony luckily because, um, I was talking to my lawyer about it and, uh, what I'm doing now, paying the full mortgage, full bills, all this stuff. I don't think that I'm going to have to pay alimony, which is, thank God we weren't married. We were only married for six years. So I don't think I'm going to have to pay any alimony and my child support is going to be nominal. Honestly, my, my, my lawyer said, listen, he goes, you know, we reviewed, um, my case information statement and her case information statement, which if you don't know what a case information statement is, it's basically the financials that you go, you know, you have to, it's almost like doing your taxes on steroids. Um, you have to fill out all your financials and your assets and all that kind of stuff. And then the lawyers look it over and, uh, you know, they figure out what people are going to pay. My lawyer said, you know, you're not going to have to pay alimony and your child support is not going to make that much difference in her life. It was, re- it was a relief to hear my lawyer say she is in for a very tough time financially. And I think that she knows that. And I think that's why she's trying to get into the other relationships and other supplies because um, she needs somebody to lean on. She needs somebody to support her. And uh, that's, what, that's what she's looking for. I don't know how she's going to afford the house. Um, I struggle a lot of times with thinking about, you know, we bought that house less than a year ago. And, uh, you know, yeah, my kids have not been in there for a long time, but they don't know what's going on. And, you know, they're going to have to move out of that house unless she buys me out. I don't know how she's going to buy me out, but, um, they're going to have to move out of that house, I think. And they love it there. And it's hard. It's hard. She really, she really screwed the whole thing up. She really screwed this whole thing up. It didn't have to be like this. She didn't have to file a restraining order. We could have lived separately. Um, It it didn't have to be like this. And she she made it so overcomplicated. Um, But yeah, I I mean, like going back to, I'm worried about my future. I'm worried about where I'm going to live. How's it going to go? I'm worried. Am I ever going to date again? You know, like I've, I I hear, like I see all these, you know, funny reels and stuff on Instagram about how hard online dating is and people ghosting you and, um, you know, people afraid of commitment and, you know, um, I'm worried about dating again. I'm worried about, um, you know, if I ever get into another relationship, I want to get into another relationship again, which is fucking crazy. After all the things I've endured, I still want to fall in love again. Um, but like, I, I worry about like being in another relationship with somebody and um, them having to handle my triggers, or I have to handle their triggers, or um, you know, I, I I think about like you know, uh, I don't have any social media or anything like that. I don't have any personal social media. I deleted everything when I left the home um, because like I'm not going through nine years of you know all the pictures with my ex of us kissing and having kids and all this other shit. I'm not going through it, so I just deleted my my personal. Um, social media like Facebook and Instagram and stuff. And I have the dimming the gaslight Instagram. Um, 
but there's nothing on there personally of me. And I just think it's going to be funny, you know, because I know how women are and you guys like to be detectives when you get into a new relationship and you like to go through dude's social medias and you're not going to be able to find anything on me. <laughs> but the only thing is, is that I could go to my next girlfriend and be like, well, I got a podcast with all my trauma if you want to check that out. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I'm laughing about it, but like, is it an honest concern? I don't know. I'm shrugging right now. I don't know. Um, there's just all these thoughts that go through my head. Um, you know, and I try and stay positive. Um, you know, I did an episode a few episodes ago. It was episode seven, I think it was. And I was telling you about like coping mechanisms. And listen, those st- things still stand true. I'm not discounting, you know, any of that. Oh, and, and one thing I did want to touch on that um, I... I mean, I've kind of talked about it on this podcast, but I didn't talk about it on the, um, the like coping mechanisms episode, um, how much I'm into music. And those of you who follow me on, um, Instagram, I do a song of the day where either, um, I post something about Instagram or somebody introduces me to a song, um, and I do, I do a song of the day and I created a uh, playlist that you can follow on YouTube, YouTube Music or Spotify. Just search Dimming the Ga- Gaslight Playlist um, and you can follow my songs of the day and, re- you know, recommend me some songs. Email me, uh, direct message me, comment underneath the post. Um, but it's cool and there's a lot of good stuff on there. Music helps me so, so much. So, so, so much. It's funny, um, before I record these episodes, I sit here and, um, you know, I listen to, sometimes I listen to that dimming the gaslight playlist or I just listen to other stuff and I kind of get in the mood to do these recordings, you know, because, um, I'm just sitting here talking to myself right now. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I just try and cope. This is all just about coping. And like I said, in the beginning of this, I haven't been in the right frame of mind over the last couple of days. Um, you know, Reasonably, you know, reasonably so. Um, I've just been trying to navigate the emotions. Um, there's a lot of things stressing me out. Um, but like I said, I'm just trying to stay in my pixel, trying to do the right thing, um, trying to deal with her. I still got to communicate with her. She's such a pain in the ass. Um, she constantly uses the word harassment. Like, okay, so I do, um, I do calls. Uh, so part of our settlement is that I am allowed to do calls with the kids on days that I don't have them. Um, so I do video calls with the kids and they always have their iPads, you know, when they're doing calls. And, um, so like, I have to ask my kids, like, how was school today? And he, you know, my son will just sit there and he'll watch his iPad. I'll be like, hey, how was school today? And he'll just be sitting there. I'll go, hey, how was school today? And like, oh, good. And then like, he goes back to the iPad. And I got to ask the same things over and over. Who'd you play with? What'd you eat? Oh, and then that's another thing. What'd you eat? So every time they're on a call, um, she feeds them Oreos and Doritos and Lucky Charms and Rice Krispie Treats. And like for dinner, I've never seen them eat anything other than like chicken nuggets, like processed chicken nuggets. And listen, I'm not commenting on anybody's parenting, you know, if that's what you do with your kids. Listen, it is what it is. I know. But like when I was in the home, I cook, you know, so I cook steak, chicken, beef, you know, whatever. I cook and I cook real meals and I don't feed. I, I always made an attempt not to feed my kids out of a box, out of a bag. Um, it's not what I do. I, I, I tried to cook real meals and, um, 
every time I watch these kids, they're eating junk. And then, so yeah, going back to the iPads thing, I said to my ex, I was like, I sent her a message on the Our Family Wizard app, which is the way we communicate. It's a court-run app. And I said, listen, um, I uh, don't want the kids to have their iPads anymore during my calls because it's a hindrance to them listening. You know, they don't listen. And she goes, well, I give them junk foods and iPads so they stay put. She goes, um, and I said, I don't care. I'm telling you, don't give them their iPads. And she writes back, stop harassing me. I was like, get a grip. I'm not harassing you. I wrote back, that's not harassing me. Harassment is not asking you to not to give the kids their iPads. I was like, but it is, I, de- I said, it does demonstrate your consistent um, inability to co-parent. That's what I wrote back, which it does. And I'm right. Um, and, uh, you know, with the food, with all this garbage food that she's, she's feeding them, I asked my son, I go, Hey, what'd you eat for lunch today? And she goes, Oh, they ate grapes and, uh, strawberries. She goes, stop grilling them. I go, first of all, I go, they're my kids and I'm allowed to ask them what they ate for lunch. Second of all, if you want to communicate with me, you communicate with me through the app. I am not communicating with you on these calls. That is not what this is for. And do not contribute to my calls with my kids. And, um, so I read, I wrote this long message on our family wizard, just documenting how she doesn't, um, she, she does, she tries to interrupt the call. She keeps getting on camera, which I can't stand looking at her. It's like looking at a snake makes me sick. Um, and then she's always on the phone and giggling and acting like she's talking to some guy or the other day she's like, Alexa, play music and like starts playing music while I'm on the call with the kids. So I documented this all on the app. And, um, she writes back reminder, none of this happened and calls are recorded. So I wrote back to her, I go, you know what? And my lawyer told me not to do this, but I do record all the calls. My lawyer told me don't tell her because if she keeps acting like a fool, we can just compile more evidence. But I was getting heated and I wrote back, you're right. The calls are recorded. And if you want timestamps of all of your malfeasance, I can show you and I can provide timestamps. And you know what? That kind of straightened her out. Because for the last couple of calls, what narcissists love to do is act like they are above being questioned. And the fact that I have this documentation that, no, I can prove that you're, you know, playing music while I'm listening to my kids or ha 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 laughing. And, oh, it was so funny. One time she was trying to act like she was on the phone and I record all of the calls, right? So she was just annoying me and she's talking over me while I'm trying to talk to the children and I barely get to talk to them anyway. Anyway, I'm looking at her on the recording after the call ends and I zoomed in. She wasn't on a call. It looked like she was on Facebook, but she was pretending that she was on a call. Now, could she have been on a call? Yes, but her phone was against her cheek. And when I looked at the screen, she was on Facebook. So I'm leaning that (laughs) she was talking to herself on the phone, giggling, trying to make pretend that she was in this, you know, wonderful conversation. And she was just trying to make me jealous. And she wasn't on the phone with anybody. Um, I have it on recording. Uh, I've sent it to a couple people and they agree with me when you zoom in, it doesn't look like she's on the phone. Um, she's just crazy. She's just crazy. Um, Oh, but yeah, I just, Oh, and then there was a situation just today where, um, my daughter has a, she has a medical condition. It's not overly serious. Um, but I've shared in other episodes that she doesn't want to give me, um, any of my kids medical information. 
Um, and we have, um, a number of doctors that both of my kids go to and, uh, she won't give me any of the information and, um, won't give me any of the diagnoses, prognoses, treatments, nothing. Um, and I've asked through my counsel. She won't, she gave me, um, my, the kid, one kid's daycare, one kid's school and the pediatrician, but there's like five other doctors that I need phone numbers for. So she had the nerve today to ask me because, um, I made a motion with the court. I'll get to it in a minute. Um, I made a motion with the court about parental alienation um, because I've shared in past episodes. She is not, um, she got the kids vaccinated. She's not providing me with medical information. Um, she ends my calls with the kids when she doesn't like what I'm saying. Um, she schedules, in the beginning when we, we started the divorce, you know, um, she asked for consistency in visitation and then, um, she'll go and, you know, we always did Sundays for my visitation. And then now she changes that. Oh, well we have a birthday party to go on to on Sunday. Or, you know, the new thing is there's an Easter egg hunt coming up or, um, Oh, we have a family barbecue where she just comes up with things to schedule on Sunday. And I, like I said, I have my supervisor, so I'm at the mercy of my supervisor's availability. So, when she asked for consistency, we made it Sunday and now, now I have to change it to Saturdays sometimes. She's just constantly moving the goalpost, constantly being a pain in the ass. So long story short, I filed a motion with the court, um, for parental alienation, which if you've, you know, gone through Instagram and probably read a whole bunch of stuff, it is very real. Parental alienation is very real. Um, and, um, yeah. So I filed a motion for that. And also I filed a motion for, um, to get these bills taken care of because I cannot sustain paying every bill in the house and having $50 to my name. Um, you know, and it's not my, my father's job to, you know, take me in. It's not his divorce. You know, um, I need to be self-supportive. So my court date is at the end of March, 2022. Um, if you're listening to it at the time of recording, um, I'll, I'll follow up with you guys when I know a little bit more about the exact day and what goes on with it. Um, but like I said in the start of this episode, um, I kind of feel, and I'm not trying to put my eggs all in one basket or I'm try- not trying to like, you know, count my chickens before they're hatched. But my optimism is high. I feel like it's already a done deal. And I already think I'm going to get my supervised visits with my children dropped. There's no reason why I shouldn't. Um, I, I abided by her clauses that I had to get a psychiatric evaluation. I had to have a supervisor. I had to give her $3,000. I had to pay every bill in the house. I have abided by all of the settlements and she still won't drop the, um, supervised visits. And, um, I got to get something done about these bills. I hate to say it. I mean, I don't know if the bills are actually more important than the kids. I mean, because I can't survive. I can't survive. Um, And, you know, I don't see why false allegations that were filed on me that I can prove that I haven't had the opportunity to prove yet why that should mean that I'm homeless and um, why I should be enduring all this. And, you know, I got so many people, people coming out of the woodwork and and listen, I know everybody has an opinion. Um, You know, people are like, oh, just stop paying the bills and, you know, oh, well, just don't pay her. And it's not how it works, you know. Um, I have to go 
The only thing I can do is abide by what the court tells me to do, go by my legal advice. Um, but yeah, it sucks. And if I don't have the money to pay it, how am I going to pay it? Yeah, I know. Um, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, hopefully, you know, I've, I've shared with a lot of people, the reoccurring theme here is I just need some relief. I need some relief. I feel like I'm walking around in the walking dead of narcissists and I need some relief. Um, I need a safe place. Um, thank God for support, but I need a safe, I need peace. I need peace. And, um, sometimes I have to create it, but, um, and I created a lot of times exercising and going out for walks and listening to music and talking with you guys. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to lie, man. Sometimes I, I go down these rabbit holes in my brain and I can't shake it off and it's hard. And, uh, I want it to be, I know everybody goes through a divorce. Not everybody goes through a divorce. You know what I mean? But, um, I need some peace. I need some relief. And, um, I need to do it the right way, the healthy way. I need to hold on to some of my sanity. And, uh, you know, keep my eyes on the prize, which is getting away from a narcissist and living a happy, successful, fruitful life. And that's when my peace will come. So yeah, guys, um, a little bit shorter of an episode this time. I thank you guys for listening. Thank you again for 2,000 listens to Dimming the Gaslight. Um, I got some guests still coming up. Please reach out to me if you want to be a guest on the podcast. It is dimmingthegaslight at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is dimming underscore the underscore gaslight. And uh, thanks again so much for listening. Until next time, everybody.